This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, good morning and welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. I am Dean Holland, here with Charlie Dobbin, freshly back from Mexico. How are you, Charlie? I like that, freshly back. I'm so fresh. (laughs) Yeah. Little sun kissed, I think you are. Not well, not like normal. You know, when you go on to a Caribbean spot, you, I do, I flake out in the sun and get into the ocean and you know do all that sort of stuff. Not this trip. Two full weeks of working and some downtime, eating unbelievably good food, seeing parts of Mexico I would never have expected to see, and meeting some amazing people. Uh, I think I told you last week before I got cut off uh, by a kind of a shaky internet that, um, yeah, we were taping some more episodes of Healing Gardens, which is a documentary series being produced right in-house here at Zoomer Media. And uh, we've been doing some traveling. We did two episodes in Mexico. The second episode, I hadn't started when I spoke with you last week, but I went into a part of Mexico, about two hours west of Mexico City, southwest, and I was in a place called the Peaceful Valley, you know. I'll tell you more about that uh, as we move along, but um, yeah, I just wanted to let you know that was so much fun and and amazing and great learning experience. And speaking of healing gardens, put this in your calendars Next Monday, Monday, May 23rd, 9 p.m., Vision TV, the grand premiere of Healing Gardens. Uh, Well, I am looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing where you've been. I've been hearing about this for a long time. And so, uh, and I, and I just want to go on record. I, if you're looking for another location, I'd be happy to have you guys over to my place. Okay. Oh, so, nice. because, because I certainly find my garden healing to my soul. So oh, there, there you go. go. Now I know you have some announcements and we'll have to take a break shortly, but I but want to give out those numbers. numbers. Yeah. yeah. So if you, uh, we would love to hear from you. Any questions for Charlie anywhere in Toronto, 416-360-0740 or a toll free number anywhere in the province of Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. Now, you make sure that if you are a first-time caller, you let Carlos know, uh, because I will give you your garden wings. And of course, our mantra has not changed for many, many years. It stays the same. Uh, Please uh, call often, call early, and one question per call, please. And so now do you have a, we we will have to go to a break shortly, but do you want to do a, a quick announcement, Charlie, or do you want to go to break? Let's go to break. Okay, so we'll go to break. We'll be right back with more right here on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Let's go to our first caller. It's not coming up on my screen, but Dennis is giving us a call from Toronto. There we are. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Dean and Charlie. How are you? Excellent. 
Uh, one quick question. I know you're busy. Um, we grow tomatoes on an apartment balcony in five-gallon pails, and mm-hmm. we use ProMix um, Organic. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we use last year's? We kept the dirt from last year. Is that still all right to use, or do we have to buy new soil? Good question. We've actually had this question recently as well from another caller. As long as the soil is not compromised, and by that I mean as long as, I mean, you're on a balcony, if you have a cat and the cat was using the pots as kitty litter or some birds moved in and built a nest, then you might want to freshen up the soil. Otherwise, just dig around, pull out last year's roots, uh, add some soil, because I think your soil will have disappeared a bit, and then uh, and plant away. Five-gallon pails are not very big could you would you have room to do slightly bigger pots i'm not sure we our balcony is a fair size but i, I could i could ask for that i don't know what what else we could use what do you um, grow big tomatoes or little tomatoes well it depends when we had jet start three years ago and i couldn't get them last year and these things come up beautiful off our balcony mm-hmm. nice size good okay well if it's working for you i mean you probably have to water twice a day if it's a sunny balcony but the yeah. bigger the pot the more moisture that will be held in the pot Would so just if you can do it i'd go up i'd go up to a 10 gallon if you can okay good that's good to, and dig around for the the roots of the, in the yeah. oil, correct okay. exactly take out last year's debris slap that into the composter if you've got one and then uh, and plant away however i'm not sure about well for you you can probably do it I, i've been getting some emails about should can we plant outside it's so beautiful I'm a little hesitant <clears throat> to go straight outside with the plants just now. Just into plant, pots is fine. One plant per 10-gallon pail, correct? Correct. Okay, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for calling, have Dennis. Good, yeah, have a good night. Okay. You too. Thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm back, Charlie. How are you? Okay. Yeah, I figured you were back. But, uh, we lost <laughs> yeah. you just temporarily for some reason. You, you absolutely did. Now, I, have, uh, I want you to know that I, I got behind schedule, but I did plant my tomato seeds. Uh, oh, finally. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> yeah, I got them in all my little uh, my little paper cups, uh, and uh, um, so yeah, so San Marzano tomatoes. I oh, decided to yeah yeah. They're well, they're yeah. for cooking, right? They're the young, they're the best cooking. Italians. I say be the best, best for sauce. Yeah, yeah. So all I'm right. uh, yeah, so looking forward to them coming up. I tried them last year in in container gardening, and they they thrived. They really oh, nice. did really well. Yeah, have they? Sure. Are you seeing them yet? Did they germinate? No. No, not yet. Uh-huh. And I know that you told me that, um, in a good reminder, that they don't actually need light when you first no. uh, put them in the little seed pods. They just need warmth, right? Warmth, yeah. Up on top of the fridge. Okay. All gotcha. Right. Uh, we have another caller. We have a first-time caller. We're going oh, to sorry. Alliston, and we have a Chris on the line. How are you this morning, Chris? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I would love to good give morning. you your garden wings, sir. Yeah. Here we are. There thank you go. You. What do you got for Charlie welcome. there, Chris? Okay, Miss Charlie, I have a question for you about the uh, uh, tulips growing right in the middle of my rose bush. It's um, it's called Queen's Plate Roses. <laughs> very rare, uh-huh. very beautiful. But it started with one or two tulips growing right next to the uh, rose bush, and now right in the center of the of the rose bush, there are half a dozen of tulips, and oh, they're blooming now. I don't know where can I remove them and how can I remove them. It's so hard to get to them because of the prickly stems of the rose. Sure. How long has the rose been in that spot? It's been for many, many years. Uh, maybe okay. 10, 12 yeah. years. I've been in this house 12 years now. And yeah. every every year blooms beautiful rose uh, ro- roses. But the tulips yeah. are taking over the... the <laughs> 
Okay, so here's my suggestion. Number one, leave it alone. Because it's not like the rose is doing anything right now other than being kind of ugly and prickly. So it's kind of fun that you've got the green leaves and the flowers coming up inside that prickly bush. Uh, I imagine you do trim or prune your rose down because it's spring and it's a good time to do whatever rose pruning we're going to do. We do it now. Um, And then just let them do their thing and let them, you know, the green leaves will eventually turn yellow and disappear. And by that time, your rose is in leaf and flower. If this whole thing looks too strange and you don't like it, it's just dumb, then I would just get some long, you know, put on some leather gloves, get some scissors or pruners and just cut the roses off or sorry, cut the tulips off at ground level. As they start to come up, just keep cutting them down and you will kill you. You will stop that process. Uh, If you can get some of the other bulbs that aren't coming up in the rows up and moved further away that would be a good thing as well but for now anything that's coming up inside just cut it down and like i say that will kill the bulb it will stop growing eventually thank you very much for your advice have a wonderful day you too thanks for calling don't be a stranger no, and that's a very interesting situation. If yeah. he's been there for 12 years, yeah, yeah. could could that be the work of squirrels? I mean, it seems a bit odd that all of a sudden he'd have tulips underneath his rose bush. It definitely could be the work of squirrels. Uh, and you know about the work of squirrels. Oh, yes. <laughs> I sent you a picture last week. Okay, I bought some pansies. Yeah, bought some, bought some pansies and cells. Mm-hmm. And this is something, you know, anyway, I planted them in some pots. Yeah. And I had, you know, I on the Monday I took my son to school. And I came back and I passed them and I admired them. And then I went inside and I had to come out about half an hour later. And I did see this squirrel running down the driveway. And I looked and I was like, holy camoly. <laughs> he got in that pot. He had taken out like a quarter of the dirt. And one of the cells he kicked right out of the dirt. And it was laying on the side. Just shaking my fist at that little squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're there. So you could pack it all yeah. back in. I mean, yeah. so squirrels are funny. Like a lot of times in the fall, I used to find back in my Richmond hill garden i guess somebody would feed peanuts you know the peanuts in a shell oh yeah uh, to whoever squirrels Mm -hmm. birds and and so the squirrels would bring them and they'd bury them in my containers in the fall (laughs) because they were so smart they thought they'd remember that they were there and then come spring they would go looking for them so that was what would prompt the digging and of course when i was planting into my containers i'd be pulling out all these peanuts going like thank you squirrels and then you know putting them out on the top of the garden so they could not dig into the pots but yeah they're they're wily those little squirrels yeah that is very funny listen we have to go to break but i want to give those numbers out first we have uh we have callers on the line but we have lots of room too uh 416-360-0740 that is the toronto number anywhere else in the province of ontario 1-866-740 4740. We will be right back with more on the garden show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips, and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is the garden show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back for more here on The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland, and uh, yes, here with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, Charlie, we have a caller who's been very patiently waiting on the line, so I'm going to go right now to Jean, who is calling from Newmarket. Good morning, Jean. What have you, how are you doing? Hi. Hi, Charlie. Welcome back. 
um, I'm waiting anxiously for your series to start next Tuesday. Monday. I'll be right front and center. Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday, the long oh, weekend. Tuesday. The holiday. <laughs> I'd have missed it. Um, <laughs> we, we bought three um, Parkland apple trees. They're about three feet tall, and they have buds on them. Do we spray them with dormant spray this year or not? I probably wouldn't bother. You bought them just this recently? Correct. This spring? Yeah. Yep. Um, usually the growers have sprayed them when they're dormant, or even the retail garden center will spray early in the morning before anybody arrives. Uh, I'd be inclined to not spray them just because of this heat. You can't spray when it's this hot. And by the time it cools off, well, looking at the forecast, it is going to cool off this week, but we've got rain after the heat. We're going to have some rain. So, I mean, you can see what they look like by the time we're at about 15 or 16 degrees and no rain for 24 hours. If the buds have started to show green or the flower buds have started to pop white or pink, don't spray. Because uh, you don't, once those buds start to crack, you do not want to spray. Okay. And for next year, um, mm -hmm. Do we spray it before we even see the little buds on the yep. twigs? Yep. Okay. When they're dormant, the, the the determining factor is the weather. You want it above zero, but, you know, below 20. <laughs> you want it to have no wind, and you want no rain in the forecast for at least 24 hours after you spray. Thank you. Love your show. Bye now. Thank you. Great. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for the call, Jean. Yeah. Yeah, and we're sitting at about, I think, 21 today. So, yes, yeah, so today's not a good time. And thank you, by the way. Thanks for thanks for bringing back all that warm weather from Mexico. Eh? I'm taking all responsibility, actually. But it's only yeah. 21 at your place. My goodness, it's already 25 at my place and going up to, like, 28. Holy cow. That's, yeah, yeah, it's well, hot. You know what? I, you know, and we've, we had a seasonally under temperature spring. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were usually for the last month, we've been about five or six or seven degrees below the, the seasonal norm. Yeah. And now it seems to have jumped up now. I know, but you know what this, I, I, in case anybody's interested, I really don't like this. I like a nice, long, cool spring. We get into heat yeah. like this. It's impossible to get any work done. You know, it just, it's just exhausting yeah. to be out in, in this the heat. And, of course, the plants are like, what happened? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? fair enough. Yeah, it's good margarita weather. Absolutely. <laughs> Mojitos. Mojitos. Well, you know, right, right in front of my bay window there at home, I got a whole mint patch. So we can do a mojito uh, later in the season. Go. There you Excellent. go. Excellent. I'll okay. be up for a visit. <laughs> you got it. We're going to uh, go to Bob now in St. Catharines. Uh, good uh, good morning, Bob. Welcome uh, welcome to the Garden Show. What do you got there for Charlie? Well, it's a weed, actually. It's oh, a weed. Okay. seems to be taking over my lawn. It starts out, and there's two little heart-shaped leaves, and then it goes an inch, two more leaves. It goes, the one I got right now is three inches long, and it got a little purple flower. Oh, sweet. And they're taking uh, over my lawn. Okay, so is it really growing like a vine, like you're saying, an inch and then leaves, an inch and then, like it's a, it's a mm -hmm. bit of a streamer of a plant? No. Um, no. Uh, maybe it's violets. Violets have heart-shaped leaves and purple flowers right now. Yeah, well, I don't think it's a violet. Somebody told me it was creeping Charlie, but... Uh, so funny. Everything that's in the lawn that people don't <laughs> like, they call creeping Charlie. Well, that's what I thought. <laughs> so, well, you know what? Honestly, 
It's the best time right now while these little invasive species are taking over the opportunities in our lawns is you get down on your hands and knees with a nice sharp tool and you start digging. Dig every bit of root. This is the time to do it when they're young. Uh, Also, hopefully there's still a bit of moisture in the soil. Um, You know, it's always easier to dig out weeds when there's moisture. But yeah, it's time. Get those young weeds like when they're young because that's the easiest time to get them out. There's really no other easy solution. I thought I had them. By golly, they're, they're like a thousand times worse this year. Oh, really? Well, I mean, there is something out there called Weed Be Gone. Yeah. Uh, it's the Scots people. They name everything Be Gone. So whether it's Ant Be Gone or Grub Be Gone or Weed Be Gone, I think the Weed Be Gone is, um, it's, it's no, it will not kill your lawn, if I'm correct. It is an iron-based solution. So make sure that you buy something that you can spray on weeds in your lawn without killing the grass uh and and again this is the time to use these these products when the weeds are young there's other products out there that are vinegar based uh and again scott's makes one i think it's called pavement clear and it is something that we spray into our on the weeds that are in between the interlocking brick or coming up uh, on patios or driveways and it will kill everything and it's very effective on a nice, hot, sunny day like today, but you don't want to spray it on your lawn because it'll kill your lawn as well. I understand, yeah. Listen, I appreciate okay. your show. Thank you. And Great, thank yeah, you thanks much. for the call there, Bob. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you. you. Um, speaking of, I, what exactly is Creeping Charlie then? Is it, uh, <laughs> is it I mean, I mean, if, if many, many things are called Creeping yes. Charlie, is that the million-dollar question? Yeah, yeah, pretty it's, much. I'm guessing it's invasive. Well, the problem with our lawns is that if a lawn is nice and thick and healthy, it's very hard for another plant to start growing because there's no space for the for the plant to get going in amongst the, the dense growth of the grass or the turf grasses. However, if we have some thin areas in our lawn or some bare patches in our lawn, every weed for miles around will, you know, seeds will blow around and they will take advantage of that open spot and start growing. So, yeah, I mean, this is the time. That's why we always talk about top dressing your lawn with nice, fresh soil, whether it's triple mix or topsoil, just a light layer, you know, quarter of an inch, even a half an inch. So top dressing will help thicken your current lawn. Also, overseeding so that's adding some some nice quality turf grass seeds however in all this heat it's there's no seeds growing out on our lawns right now but we do like i say we do have rain in the forecast so once we get some good rain and the this the heat's great for warming up the soil we will have our lawns in good condition but yeah really be vigilant if you love a beautiful lawn spring is the time to really be on top of uh, eliminating the plants you don't want growing in your lawn Gotcha. Okay, listen, and if you have a question about anything plant-related, we'd love for you to give us a call. Um, 416-360-0740 is the number for anywhere in the Toronto area or anywhere in the province of Ontario. 1-866-740-4740. And I do mean anywhere. Like anywhere. In, and in fact, a couple of weeks ago, Charlie, my goodness, we had a call from Nova Scotia. Remember that yeah, one? I was yeah, right. astonished. People were listening over the World Wide Web and, you know, and, and this lady called with a question. And uh, it's, it's so much fun to see what comes down the pipeline and it's so much fun not to have amaryllis questions <laughs> <laughs> oh you hate the hydrangea questions oh yeah they'll be coming yes, okay uh, the times, yeah. wait, i just want to tell you something yep, um, 
I was talking about healing gardens and the fact that we're making more episodes of, of the documentary series. Uh, we're heading off to New Brunswick in June. Oh, are you? Yeah, oh, June 21st, heading to St. Andrews by the Sea. I've, I, I love, love the Atlantic little provinces. Yeah, and so I've never been to this little town. And of course, we're visiting Kingsbury Gardens. Uh, some yep. of our listeners, I'm sure, have been there. It's quite a famous Canadian garden, and it's it's large. I think it's the largest public garden actually in in Canada. So it was donated by the original owners, and uh, it was created by them. It's their the family home and their beautiful beautiful estate. And uh, as they got older, it's 27 acres, so it's a masterpiece. It's a, I'm I'm pretty excited about seeing what they're doing there. They have some specialty gardens uh, for. Yeah, I think they have like sensory gardens and, you know, for the blind and for children, like they have spe- lots of little special uh, things going on. So we'll be able to really zero in on the healing aspects at Kingsbury Gardens for that episode. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. That's good. I, I did a show a number of years ago uh, in PEI at the summer in Summerside at the Jubilee okay. Theater. Yeah. We spent a, a month out there and uh, it was uh, my wife. And at the time we only had two kids. And so but it was a great, great summer. I was unfamiliar with the Atlantic provinces and certainly fell in love with them. Uh, mm-hmm. Would go back in a heartbeat. For no sure. Kidding. And it's okay, lobster season. <laughs> yeah, and I would absolutely go back for that too. Love them. Love them. Uh, we are going to go to Diane now, calling from Toronto. Uh, good morning, Diane. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Um, I have a question on a flowering current. It's called King Edward the Seventh. Um, mm-hmm. Three years old. It's planted up on a hill. Uh, I tied it back last year, um, and right shortly after that all the leaves fell off and i don't mm-hmm. see any growth now mm. have i killed it and what maybe um yeah i'm not a big fan it's a flowering current or it's a like it produces edible currants right it, um it's i haven't seen any any berries yet but it is a flowering mm. current um okay. it's a ribby thing uh Ribies, yeah. seventh i believe it is right oh Okay, uh, so reading here quickly, it should have pendulous clusters of vivid crimson flowers. Exactly, yeah, they're beautiful. And it does, of course, produce black or blue-black berries that the birds will probably get before you do. Uh, really, really well known for its showy flowers. Okay, <clears throat> when you say you, you tied it back, why did you tie it back? Well, it was, it was hanging over, because it's on a hill, it was hanging too far over other plants so i just tied I, there's a fence just mm-hmm. behind it so I, I gently tied it back to the fence like i didn't wrap it around it sort of thing i just mm-hmm. kind of put one end on the fence and then uh, you know anchored it around the other end onto the fence mm-hmm. as well okay so did you by any chance cut off circulation in the plant where you no. where you tied no, no because i didn't wrap it around the the trunk yeah. at all yeah. So you, how did you wrap it? You kind of wrapped it around the outside yes. of the, the branches. Just so it doesn't um, down so hard to say. I mean, there's. I'm. I'm not a big fan of tying plants up. I think uh, my mom used to do this. It was so funny when I would go away in the summer with a family holiday. My parents would look after my garden, and the tomatoes, of course, would be growing. You know, branches everywhere, and I'd come home, and my mom will have strung. She would have them string. She'd have it strung up to the 
eaves trough and over to the neighbor's fence and tied up, uh, you know, on the garage door. I mean, there was string everywhere. And I was like, my mother, what, you know, some kind of a masochist, that poor tomatoes, you know, <laughs> saddest or something. Like, I was like, my God, you're, you're like, you're my poor tomatoes in, in agony here. So I immediately cut all the string off. But I would prune the plant back so that okay. it wasn't falling over. So that is what I would have done in the case yeah. of your current last year. Of course, the best time to prune currants is in the spring. Um, if you see no growth, I would just give it a, a real haircut right now. Try and force it to grow. That often forces plants okay. out of dormancy if they're just sitting there not doing anything. If there's any life in it, you know, cut it down by half. You know, shear it down and okay. uh, and pray that it grows. If yeah. it is on a hill, make sure that it is been planted so it does stand upright. And um, yeah, be prepared to uh, maybe move it if it's in a bad spot. Like it wants to be a plant of a certain size. There's no point in fighting with it. Yeah. So should <clears throat> I move it now? I was thinking of moving it actually. Mm-hmm. Should I move it now? Do you think or wait? Um. Well, yeah. Sorry, I, when I said it's pruned in the spring, technically this one you have, this current, the King Edward, it should be pruned after it finishes flowering in order to maximize next year's growth. But of course, then you do uh, um, get rid of a lot of your actual berries if you cut it back right after it flowers. Um, yeah, I would, sure, I would cut it back by half now. I would consider moving it. It wants full sun good air circulation and room to grow. So make sure, you know, it's got nothing too close and let it be a nice, uh, bountiful flowering shrub. Okay, I'll do that. Thanks. uh, Thanks Yeah, good luck on that, eh? Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it is very pretty when I look at it on the web. That's a nice looking current. Fabulous. Thanks, Diane. Uh, We're going to go right now to uh, Bradford. Yeah, Bradford. And when I think of Bradford, I think of a nursery for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Yeah, and uh, we got Barry on the line and Barry is a first time caller. Good morning. Welcome to the Garden Show, Barry. Thanks for having me. I love your show. Morning. I, 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 I want to give you your garden wings because you are a first-time caller, Barry. There you go. There you go. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I've got a, a 40-year-old uh, snow apple tree, and it's beautifully in blossom as of about two days ago. Mm-hmm. And I never really had a chance to prune it when it was dormant. I'm just wondering, when's the best time to prune it now? How long should I wait after the blossoms are, are finished? Uh, <clears throat> you could prune it now. But it certainly isn't the optimal time. The best time to prune apples, as you recognize, is when they are dormant. So February, March is the best time if you can get out on a dry day. Uh, I would be inclined to prune it. You know, I I mean, again, it's very hot at my house, so it's not really good to do anything too radical to your plants on such a hot day. But uh, maybe wait till it's cooler midweek. And do some pruning. I wouldn't be too hard on the plant at this point, uh, but plan to do a real proper pruning early, like late next winter, is what I would do. Yeah, but it's really, overgrowing for sure. So just no better to do it in stages and not as well when it's cooler. Well, I mean, remember when it comes to dead wood, so anything that's clearly dead or diseased or damaged, that can be cut off anytime on any plant. So never hesitate to go in and clean up the dead, the diseased or the damaged on trees, shrubs, any plant whatsoever. It doesn't matter what time of year or anything like that. So that you can do right away. But apples do require very specific pruning, depending on whether you're pruning it to maximize your crop or you're pruning it to maximize the aesthetic value of the plant. That's two different forms of pruning. Uh, So you have to choose what it is you're trying to do there and do that kind of pruning, which is, you know, often removes uh, 30, 40% of the plant 
but plan to do that if you can when the plant is dormant. Okay, yeah, perfect. Sounds good. Okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. Good luck on that, Barry. Thank you so yeah. much. And don't be a okay. stranger. Coffee's always on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Indeed. yeah. And with that in mind, you know, I, I think I might have to grab a little top up. Let's take a quick break, but we will be back with more callers right here on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back for more here on The Garden Show. Charlie, we have callers on the line. I have a quick question, though. Mm -hmm. I'm already thinking ahead to bulb planting. I have a love for things like allium and that. Where should I get my bulbs and should I be doing that now? Really good point, actually. And, you know, allium is a, a, the ornamental onion is a wonderful bulb to plant because the squirrels will not eat it. They will not dig it up. They will not eat it. So in your case, allium is a very good choice. Um, a good friend of mine, Caroline DeVries, runs a website. She's a bulb importer from Holland, and she only imports the best quality bulbs, like big, juicy, fat bulbs guaranteed to flower and guaranteed to just get better and better every year. Her website is one word, flower bulbs are letter R us, just like toys are us. So flower bulbs are us.com. I just went quickly to their website and she has all kinds of stuff on sale right now. You order now, you'll receive your bulbs. They'll be shipped directly to your home in the this fall. You'll plant them this fall and they'll be blooming like crazy for you next spring. Fabulous. Okay, you've heard of speed dating. We have to get to some speed gardening calls because <laughs> we don't have a lot of time now. Uh, we're going to go to Tom in Aurora. And Tom is a first-time caller. Welcome to the Garden Show, Tom. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, Here are your garden wings. Oh, there you go. I've been waiting years for those. I've never had a chance to call. <laughs> anyway, well, I am uh, the best. thrilled to be able to give them to you. <laughs> anyway, our question is... Um, Last year, we did some dahlias. We started them in a pot in the house and then put them out, and they were, were lovely. We bought the dahlias, and then for some reason, we forgot to do anything with them. Is it, can I put them directly into the ground now, and, uh, or should I still put them in a pot? Um, good question. Um, I would judge whether you should put them in the soil today by sticking your elbow in the soil. <laughs> so okay. if you take your bare elbow, like rough the soil up, stick your bare elbow into the soil and see what it feels like. If it's cold on your elbow, then I would not put the dahlias directly into the cold soil. But if it feels pretty warm and, and you know, it's like that baby's bottle, mm -hmm. you know, elbows yeah. are good for, for testing. If it feels uh, fairly, you know, almost body temperature, so nice and warm, then you probably are fine to put the dahlias straight into the ground, keeping in mind that, of course, watch the weather. If we are going to get a frost in the next two, three weeks, make sure you're ready to go out there with a blanket and, and keep them protected from any super cold nights. Oh, okay. Maybe it's a bit and, and should it be fertilized? Uh, if, your so if your soil is a good quality soil, I would amend the soil with some compost, homemade compost or composted manure. I wouldn't crank a lot of fertilizer to start. Uh, at all. I would just get them in the ground, get those roots growing, get those little buds growing. And then in a month or so, you could use some of the, uh, you know, the synthetic, um, whatever uh, okay. uh, fertilizer you want to use. 
Perfect. Okay. okay. Well, thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Thanks for the call there, it's, Tom. It's and, really challenging right now because the weather's so gorgeous. We just want to get everything outside, but you know, we got, got to watch the weather. It's, it yes. could we could get cold. It could turn. Okay. Uh, let's go to Scarborough now. We have uh, we have Bob on the line. Good morning, and welcome to the Garden Show, Bob. Good morning. It's good to talk to somebody in person because my grandkids won't talk to me unless I can text, and I can't text. <laughs> so, well, my grandmother would set up say, it is with it is, and what is it? <laughs> anyway. Well, no acronyms here. We're just going to talk. <laughs> okay. So my question is about uh, <clears throat> hydrangeas that you buy in the store, you know, at various occasions, and they color them, and yeah. they're big and beautiful. Yeah. Can you yeah, transplant them out into the garden, and can mm-hmm. you keep that color with some additive? I'm sure they put something in to turn the color. Uh, okay, that's a good point. What color is the hydrangea you're talking about? Purple? Well, they come in different colors. This one is purple. Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. If you bought the hydrangea, or you bought it, or somebody else bought it, inside the store whether a grocery store or garden center that means it's one of the it's like a florist hydrangea very commonly given for mothers on mother's day or easter or those kinds of occasions beautiful plants not always hardy enough to to survive our winters but of course it looks beautiful now so it can certainly go outside into the garden uh, and if you're lucky it will survive the winter and survive and, and start growing again next spring wherever you plant it make sure you're planting it where it's getting at least a half of day of sun preferably morning sun make sure you're going into a, a nice organic soil not a not pure clay not pure sand they want you know some of that great manure or compost mixed in with whatever soil you have the way they make them purple, the only thing they do is they use um, probably sulfur, um, soil acidifier, which is usually sulfur, though it could be uh, aluminum uh, as an additive to the soil to lower the pH. When you lower the pH around some hydrangeas, instead of being um, like neutral, they're white, so pH of seven, they're white. You add, get into our native soils in Ontario, we tend to be a little bit uh, more alkali than that. So, you know, we get 7.5, 7.8. We have pink hydrangeas, add some acid, whether sulfur or iron or aluminum, lower the pH, they will start going purple and then bright blue. That's okay. That's, so that's good. what you yeah, do. Yeah. Good luck on that. Okay, uh, we have to go to a short break. Okay, but uh, when we come back, we have more callers on the line. We'll be right back with more on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back with The Garden Show. I'm Holland here with Dobbin. How you doing there, Dobbin? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good there, Dino. Good. You, you, have a, you, you have a quick announcement I about do. the town of Penetanguishene, Peng, yes? It's, yeah, your neighboring village there, Penetanguishene Garden Club, hosting a meeting this Monday, May 16th. 
It's in the Brian Orser Hall, which is in the Penetanguishing Arena. 7 p.m., there will be a flower show, and Bart Nagel is speaking on, in quotes, bulbs of fire, which, Uh of course, is garlic. And so Bart will be presenting information all about uh, garlic. He He does have a website, and I guess he does maybe sell garlic bulbs. Everyone is welcome, free to absolutely anybody who wants to swing through Penetang this Monday evening with a mask. Fabulous. Okay, we're going to go right back to Scarborough, where our last caller was from. This time we have Doris. Good morning. Welcome to the Garden Show, Doris. Good morning. Good morning. First time, first time caller. Oh, first oh time your first caller. time caller. Oh, it wasn't marked down. Get Here we that, go. Here we go. Get that wings. Yes. There Congratulations. You go. Welcome. Woohoo. <laughs> what do you got for Charlie there, Doris? I have a problem uh, and uh, with my like and the border for my with my neighbor. She has bushes there, but it came all wild. So I don't know what kind of bushes they are. But they're coming over to my place now, and I have them between my hydrangeas, uh, climbing hydrangeas, and the and the fence on clematis. How do I I try to pull them out or dig them out? But how yep. can I need some help? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Are they coming from the roots? Like, is the root actually uh, coming under the fence and then growing on your property? Or is it just more the branches? No, I think it's more the roots because I, in the beginning, I sort of pulled them out and I could pull them out with the roots. But uh, it's just getting more and more. Yeah. Well, there are many shrubs that do that. We call that, they they start to sucker. So that means that roots uh, expand underground and then uh, stems will grow off those roots. So unfortunately, Mm -hmm. there's really absolutely nothing you can do. And I know to go in there and start disturbing your clematis and your climbing hydrangea would not be optimal. What you want to do is go on the neighbor side of the fence and get a sharp shovel and you want to cut down into the ground, sever all those roots that are coming under the fence. Uh And then you really want to put something down to stop that from happening. You want to put, you know, like we do to keep the rabbits from digging into our vegetable gardens, we'll sink, um, well, usually in the case of animals, we'll sink like chicken wire under the ground. In your case, you want to put something solid. You need like, you know, something that is not organic, like not a piece of plywood, because that will rot. You need something that will not rot and is rigid and can go down. There's some edging, but the problem with edging is it's only six inches at the most, yeah. and you probably need something a little deeper. There's a board on it uh, uh, for a long time. It's a two by ten uh, or a two by mm. six, ten mm. feet long a board. But I guess it yep. goes right underneath the board now. Yeah, I mean you. Could, I mean a board will work for a few years until it rots. So again, you could do that again, replace with the, the widest board you can. It doesn't need to be two inches thick, uh, even if it's a one a one by six or one by ten, if there is such a thing, that would help a lot with controlling mm-hmm. those shrubs. Mm-hmm. Sounds like, like you need to out. have a coffee with your neighbor is what I would say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Doris, uh, uh, thank you very much. We have to, we have one more caller that I have to get to. And um, uh, we would like to go to Mary, who's calling from Toronto. And just uh, welcome to the Garden Show, Mary. Thank you. Very quickly, I missed uh, what she said about spraying something to kill the grass between the stones. Oh, yeah, it's a vinegar-based solution. Oh, I have the that, the cleaning vinegar? Time, right, but it's not the vinegar that we use on our French fries. 
Yeah, you can use there's cleaning vinegar, which is a six or ten yes. percent solution that will work. It works beautifully on a day like today when it's hot and sunny. Uh, spray straight vinegar with like a spritzer yes. onto the weeds on the pavement, like between where you've got That's stones, you told and those weeds will turn yellow right before your eyes. Yeah, you said that. Okay, the reason as well. I've been uh, monitoring every seven, ten days or twelve watering my orchids. I put it on the calendar. Why do the leaves, the bottom leaf, why does it turn yellow? And that's what's happened with my gardenia and a little rose. I'm careful with my watering. They don't go dry. They don't stay wet. So I don't know why that's happening. It's actually perfectly normal. Those are the oldest leaves. So most plants, including orchids, there's new growth at the top of the plant, and the oldest growth is at the bottom of the plant. And they always say that if your orchid has at least three or four healthy leaves on it, it's fine. What you don't want is you don't want all the lower leaves to drop, so you only have one leaf left. That does tell you something. But, um, yeah, three or four healthy leaves, the oldest leaves turning yellow, nothing to worry about. Even if it's a very young plant? Um, maybe young to you, but maybe it's not that young, really. Just small. It's barely, you know, just a little over a year old, uh, both of them. Right. They were like seedlings when you got them? No, tiny plants. Yeah, I mean, it could be miniature plants. They could be older than you realize. But the, um, yeah, no, it's perfectly normal. It happens. Uh, And just recognize that this is the time to fertilize. If you like to fertilize orchids, gardenias, all these things love fertilizer now. And I personally never water on the calendar. I do all my watering based on the plant's needs, and that's based on the weight of the pot. That's what I've done. Well, I've tried good. to water, uh, I mean, fertilize once a month. Is that mm-hmm. not Yeah, enough? that's good. Once a month right now up until September. Thank you. Okay. Thanks so much thank there, Mary. Good luck so with much. that. Yeah, thanks Got for run. Yeah, our time has come to an end. My Again. goodness. Now. We were talking about your mom talking about those tying up your tomato plants. <laughs> I remember my grandmother using all her old nylons because, yes. of course, they didn't want to damage the uh, the tomatoes. That's, that's right. And they are soft and they are flexible because you need that flex. And the air penetrates through the stockings. So old pantyhose still work just fine for tying up any plants. Fabulous. And how did Elliot do in keeping your garden in shape while you were away? Excellent. My gosh, he's a budding horticulturalist. He did an amazing (laughs) job. Really, the plants, all the, I have like probably 200 plants he looked after for me. So he did a fine job. Hey, quickly, tonight, super flower, blood moon. Midnight, total eclipse of the moon. If you've got a clear sky, get out and take a peek at it. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, Carlos. Thank you. Thanks to all the great callers. See you again next week. The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin is brought to you by Stokes Seeds. Select from the finest quality vegetable and flower seed at stokeseeds.com and get growing with Stokes. And by the Natural Burial Association. Learn how you can go down green by visiting us at naturalburialassociation.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.